2: gentlemen live from the west coast it's time for ring talk live Worldwide. you your inside look into combat sports yeah brought to you by the wbo the world boxing organization
3: how about that
2: and now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history let's get him let's get him hard pedro fernandez you better grab me quick before my knees give away
4: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not welcoming you to the multi-billion dollar sports byline students because of this coronavirus stuff. We're broadcasting from the house, from the crib. Check this out. I did this for like 15 or 20 years when we were doing another network back in the day from like 88 to 90, almost to 2000, but the bottom line is remote broadcasts are a little difficult because you're not looking at the producer eye to eye. So outside of that, we're going to rock and roll for two hours today on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, of course, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, and serious XM Satellite Radio Channel, 211, of course, the Dan Patrick Channel. Now, who am I? My name is Pedro. It is often imitated, but never duplicated. We've been doing this show now for uh, a little bit. Make that 35, 36 years now. Of course, live worldwide on the various networks. Straight up, we're talking combat sports for the next two hours. I may go to a little tape in hour number two. Another was bringing some old stuff I did, maybe with Sugar Ray Leonard, and bringing some old Ali stuff and this and that. Because, you know, there's a whole lot of live fights going on right now. In fact, there's none. The last fight, I think, took place last week, and we haven't had a fight on the schedule. We won't have a fight on the schedule, I think, for at least three or four months. Now, am I sounding like Mr. Negative and Mr. Dismal on this and that? I'm a former policeman. I prepared for disasters with the SFPD on a couple of different occasions for dirty bombs and things like that. And I just don't think there's a whole lot you can do against the virus. I really don't. There's no way to tell how it spreads in this net. So they talk about social distancing and, like, washing your hands and this kind of stuff. That's just common sense. We've been doing that a long time, I hope. Straight up. The best of luck to everybody out there. So we do have open phone lines all around the planet. 1-800-878-7529. That's one 800 878 Or get this, the guilt-free, No Commitment text line. You can text us here in the coronavirus studios at 415-275-1613. The text line, once again, 415-275-1613. Now, the best news will come out of this weekend, Floyd Mayweather not fighting this year. Thank God you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
5: You missed the winning dunk and cost your team the championship. What are your thoughts?
6: Well, I switched to Boost Mobile and got a super-fast network and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones, so
7: even when we lose, I still win. It was an easy, fast break, and no one was near you. You know what's fast? Boost Mobile's super-fast network. They're calling your shot the greatest miss in history. Boost Mobile's prices are never a miss. I even get four lines for
6: $25 per line per month.
5: Oh, look at that. The fans are burning your jersey.
6: Yup, the fans get it. My Boost Mobile network is in fuego. Switch to Boost Mobile and get
8: four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones, all on our super reliable, super fast network. Step up with Boost Mobile. New customers only. Limited time offer while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Customers who use more than 35 gigabytes of data during a billing cycle will be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retail for full details.
9: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about Elite Rehab Placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call.
10: At Chili's, we know things are a little uncertain these days. We'd like to help out by waiving our delivery fees. Delivery is free, baby, free, baby, free. So you get all your Chili's favorites in your home. Or right to your car, baby, car, baby, car. There's curbside
0: delivery, too. Just order on Chili's.com. It's super easy, two birds with one Chili's. With Chili's right to your door and no delivery fees. We've got your back, baby, back, baby, back. At Chili's.com. Delivery's free, baby, free, baby, free.
10: Uh Mm. Together
0: Together with Chili's, Chilis. oh yeah, baby, yeah. We're
11: available,
10: free delivery through Chili's.com, not via third-party delivery platform. Additional restrictions may apply.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Uh,
11: Didn't you think he looked edgy?
2: No,
12: as a matter of fact, I thought you looked
4: edgy. This is the funky new sound of Tower of Power, baby, to the Tower of Power 2020. Check it out. On the soul side of town, they got a brand new lead singer. who's like 25, 30 years old. I kid you not, they rock. Tower of Power, check them out 2020 at TowerofPower.com. Now, justice has been served. I saw that headline today on one of the boxing websites. Bottom line is, Ospy de la Hoya, of course, is crowing a bit because his, his champion has been reinstated. I'm talking about a young lady, of course, who lost the super middleweight championship of the world about three or four weeks ago. I think they're back about a month and a half ago. And she lost it to a young lady who wasn't really a young, I'll tell this way. I shouldn't say that, but I really think that Miss Jimenez is Alejandro Jimenez is like a she male because you know she's she, she may have had a baby at one point in, the, in her life, but she's done some crazy crazy stuff with steroids and this and that. And you can turn the clock like from female to male. And also, in other words, I see women that need to shave in the afternoon from taking steroids. I'm not trying to say she was at that point where she needed to shave, but she was looking awfully manly. I mean, awfully manly. You looked at her, I said, "There's no, there's no chicken hair. There's no, there's no feminine. There's no woman in her." Anyway, the bottom line is. She has been uh, defrocked by the WBO and the WBC. Thank God. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, she doesn't deserve to be boxing. Women, listen. It was like the Fallon Fox thing. Remember, I got all over that. And people got upset because uh, there was a guy who turned it. He changed himself into a girl and he was fighting in mixed martial arts fights. I mean, you're, you're still a dude. You still got the muscle structure and the body build-up, mighty mass of a dude, whether you're taking female hormones and you got a limp wrist or not. But the bottom line is at the end of the day is they let her fight females, which I thought was highly um, unfair. I didn't like that. Floyd Mayweather not fighting this year, what can I say? Sort of like um, going to a pornographic movie, you know, and there's no no money shot. There's, no, there's never been a money shot with Floyd Mayweather. The only money shot with Floyd Mayweather is the money he's putting in his pocket. That's it. Outside of that – He's very unentertaining, and I think that he has pulled off, the. and I've said this time and time again, so you can accuse me of being redundant, but I think he's pulled off the greatest con since Robert Redford and Paul Newman in that movie in the 1970s called The Sting. Remember the big con they pulled off? Well, I think Mayweather pulled off, pulled off a bigger con than that. Looking at some of the cards that have been canceled, uh all the zone cancels with dazn of course that's our uh boxing channel for the most part that's where the most of the fights take place that's the people that are trying to take hbo spot i don't know if they can ever take hbo spot speaking of hbo we're bringing the hbo godfather in about two two minutes here of course i'm talking about the retired hbo godfather mr hall of fame himself mr larry merchant will weigh in on uh the current world and where we sit but friday march 27th of course. That fight uh, card's been canceled. The ESPN card canceled between Bidabib and Meng Fangalong. Poor Meng was going to get lit up like a White House Christmas tree because this Archer-Bidab can fight. Bottom line is that was on ESPN for the 28th. That's been canceled. The fight that I was really looking forward to was Luis Neary, Taking on some guy named Aaron Alameda. Now, Mister Alameda may be a good fighter, but Luis Neri, I think is one of those top ten guys as far as pound for pound. He's concerned. 122 pounds. He is a king. I think at 122 heat and uh, Emmanuel Navarrete, the WBO champion, should slug it out to see who's king at super bantamweight. The rest of the cards: Virgil Ortiz has been canceled for him and Sammy Vargas. Uh, Ortiz considered a superstar coming out of Texas or a superstar, apparent superstar, because they said that before. And guys have failed when they've got to the. Uh, to, to, the window. Of course, they couldn't cash in their tickets. We'll see if he can cash in their tickets. Of course, Rage's Progress, guy from down that way where he came from Houston out of, uh, Bobby Benton Stable. He couldn't cash in his ticket. They they thought he was going to be the next coming of God. Look what happened. He went over to uh, the UK and Josh Taylor beat him up not easily not not easily but beat him up thoroughly. There's no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Once again, open phone lines all around the planet. One eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. I've got some texts and I'll get to them a little bit later. And um, you know, life is life is good right now if you're locked in the house. And the reason why I say that is that. You know, people are going out and some people are like, you know, it's like almost life is is normal and you're interacting with people like that. And I'm just going to tell you from an old man's perspective, and a guy that's seen a whole lot and a guy that's read a lot, because I'm a reader. You guys know that I'm a voracious reader. And I read about the 1918 Spanish flu and the epidemic, of course, that killed like 20 million people worldwide. That at a time when there was only 25 percent of today's population on the planet. So that's a lot of people per capita at the end of the day, this is sort of like the Spanish flu. They don't know how it really gets around. They don't know how it transmits. I mean, they, they can speculate and they can say this and they can say that, but at the end of the day, it's a virus and you really don't know how a virus gets around. Remember the AIDS virus there, people didn't know whether the AIDS virus, you can contract it by hugging somebody or something like that. Well, obviously it was a sexually transmitted disease. This disease, we just don't know. So what I'm trying to tell you is it's pretty cool. This is a just to crib out by yourself it just is I mean you know people say oh I'm isolated and I feel I feel frustrated staying in the house and this and that yeah get sick and it'll be a different world for you so the bottom line is precautions are what's happening I'm washing my hands but it's something I've always done now we take it to the City of Angels of course Santa Monica, California bringing the retired HBO Godfather who's washing his hands quite thoroughly I'm sure Mr. Larry Merchant how
12: are you sir? uh still alive not kicking, but surviving. Um, well, why, why not kicking? <laughs> well, I don't do much kicking in my life at this age anyway, but um, I do get out to a local park here to take walks um, mm. and uh go out and do the family shopping. Uh, my wife had the prescience. Before the virus, to uh, load our garage with toilet paper, so I'm a rich man in toilet paper. <laughs> are,
4: are you going to be? Are, are you going to be selling toilet paper out of the garage?
12: I'm. I'm. I'm just waiting until the price goes up. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a strange time, you know. One. One of the things that I've noticed at all the shops I go to. Is there's a lot of produce and meat and fish, and that's presumably, in part, at least in part, because the restaurants are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, some of the restaurants where we live, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> are doing uh You know, our, uh, hold on for a second. I just got something in my throat. I hope it wasn't a virus.
4: Well- No, 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 (laughs) all the, most of the restaurants are doing, like, any of the big restaurants
12: are doing, like, the takeout. Yeah, some of the restaurants are open for takeout and such, Uh, so that's uh, a good thing. The weather is nice.
4: When the country country was under attack in World War II in 1945 when they bombed Pearl Harbor, did they shut down the mainland? I mean, were people told to stay in the house or anything like that? Do you remember anything like that?
12: Um, Pearl Harbor was 1941. The, the end of the war was 45. But there was... No, I don't remember that. I mean, all the sports went on uh, during the war. Uh, baseball went on. Uh, I remember going to a World Series in 1942 between the Yankees and the Cardinals. Um, so it was... You know, it was uh, uh, a—it was like we had a split personality in that there was a sense of normalcy when you when you were just living as a citizen, and at the same time, uh, the war was going on and and, uh, battles were being fought, and headlines were telling us about the casualties and so on and so forth. So. And where I lived in an apartment dwelling, there was a small plot of land. Uh, a small plot of land, and everybody chipped in and and grew some vegetables. Um, so there was a normalcy and a, uh, an unnormalcy, if I could use that word, uh, going on at the same time. And I suppose in that way, it's uh, similar to now. Um, when you're in your house and you're reading or watching television or hanging out with your wife and talking to the kids on the phone, um, it's what we do, but of course uh, there's a lot of anxiety in, in the air. Um, I went to a local park yesterday to to take a long walk, and um over near the beach and they ran into uh, Al Michaels um okay. who I had never seen there before. He lives nearby. Um and people just stretching out and breathing in and breathing out and uh communicating at six feet and uh, and hoping for the best
4: at some point. The retired HBO Godfather will stay one more segment. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, and Sirius XM Satellite Radio. A couple of texts for the HBO Godfather are in the queue right now. If you'd like to text them, you can. The number 415-275-1613. The studio text line once again 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but hey, you know that. <laughs>
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
14: Fernandez. What kind of a peace do I mean and what kind of a peace do we seek? Not a Pax Americana enforced on the world by American weapons of war not the peace of the grave or the security of the slave I am talking about genuine peace the kind of peace that makes life on earth worth living the kind that enables men and nations to grow and to hope and build a better life for their children not merely peace for Americans but peace for all men and women not merely peace in our time but peace in all time. I speak of peace, therefore, as the necessary rational end of rational men. I realize the pursuit of peace is not as dramatic as the pursuit of war. And frequently the words of the pursuers fall on deaf ears. But we have no more urgent task. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. And if we cannot end now our differences, at least we can help make the world safe for diversity. For in the final analysis, our most basic common link Is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures, and we are all mortal.
4: President John F. Kennedy, 1962, words have probably never been spoken that were true. The bottom line is we all need to come together as Americans and, of course, as the world, uh, as a world, of course, to come together. This is a virus that's not discriminating against anybody. It's going to every country, every state, whether the president wants to admit it or not. I think they even found somebody in West Virginia this week. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day is, this is a virus you can only protect yourself. Don't ask other people to protect you. Do it yourself. Let's go back to the phone lines, of course, the Godfather in Southern California. Godfather JFK basically said it all there at the end. We all drink the same water. We all drink the same air. So we've got,
12: you know, we have something in common here. Whether we you know, we're, whether we're, uh, listening to that Oration, uh, how eloquent it was, how heartfelt it was, how all embracing it was, how hopeful it was, and remembering the words I would hear as a child that was Winston Churchill and and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. and then our current president facing what he calls a war and it is a war, uh, yet unable to put the words together like any of his great predecessors. He's he's angry that it may uh, harm his re-election. That's how he sees it through the world, and meanwhile just Telling more lies, more exaggerations, uh, and not really providing any solace to what the country and the world is going through right now.
4: Hmm. Why do Why do you think that that thirty eight only thirty eight percent of the people that watch Fox News think this virus is for real? That means like over 60% think that it's that it's, that it's some, some some type of hoax I mean people are dying in Italy they were dying at the rate of 500 a day and that's I think that's up now to like almost 800 a day so it's not getting better it's getting worse uh
12: I just think it's uh cult a good old fashioned um uh gaslighting diversion uh not wanting to face the facts, and if you don't face the facts, then you have nothing to fear. That's how some people uh, look into all kinds of wars. If they're not personally involved, then it isn't happening. Um, and there is a large hunk of our segment that still thinks it's a hoax, uh, I I don't know how they account for the fact that their pre, their president and our president calls it a war, but um, if it uh, disturbs the peace, then um, they're going to march the other way. Okay. Let's let's
4: take things in another direction here. You and I often talked about your conversations with Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Of all you, of, of over a half a century of interviewing important people was that would that does that still stand out for you
12: yes Why? um well first of all we we had to go through a heroic effort to get him there were people with their hands out uh, along the way who, to get you permission to uh even ask the question of, of whether he'd join us and then um suddenly I got a call early in the morning while we were in South Africa that it was on and that we were going to the airport and flying uh, uh, up to his uh, residence in what used to be called Rhodesia Mm -hmm. Um, and it was it was magical and um, um. I saw him in his office uh, as we walked by and then he came out and looked taller than I expected and it was almost like a halo around him. And he said to me, um, it's an honor to meet you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, I said... Uh, it's an honor to meet me. Thank you, Mr. President. And um, um, we chatted a bit because over time, uh, a reporter from South Africa who occasionally covered big fights would transmit messages uh, from uh, Mandela to me. Um, he liked this interview and he loved that fight or whatever. And um, Eventually, we sat down and 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 I interviewed him, and it was all and it was all about boxing. It was not about um, uh, war. It was it was not about politics, um, and that's the reason that we we're able to get him. And there's an old maxim in journalism, uh, Pedro, which I may have mentioned before, that you talk to the big people. About little things um, to find out what their personalities and characters were, and you you spoke to the little people about the big things. How they saw what was going on in the world and how it affected them. And so we sat for I don't know ten or fifteen minutes and chatted, and he showed how to showed at one point, how to throw the uh, left hook properly, um, <laughs> getting your body into it. And then he, I asked him a question at the end because he was famous as for his advocacy of nonviolence, how, how he could uh, square that with his love of boxing, which was so violent. And he thought for a second and he said, in boxing, they do it voluntarily. Sure <laughs> words, that, never that, spoken. Yeah, great yeah. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, um, that the other one in my mind is is the which I think we've talked about before was after the the Douglas upset of Tyson, when Douglas was so overwrought with emotions, his mother. Uh, having died a few weeks before, and pulling off what many of us regarded as the upset of the century. Um, And his handlers tried to take him away, and he said, no, no, no. And after about 20 or 30 seconds of him trying to just gather himself, which is a, a, a which is like a year in television time without any words passing. Um, he wanted to be interviewed. He wanted to connect with the people out there who who knew him and who knew his story and who wanted to hear from the new heavyweight champion of the world. Of course, uh, the Mayweather interview, if. Is is the most famous or infamous. And I understand well, 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 why.
4: Well, if you time out, Godfather, if you've got some time, we can do another segment. You have enough time to do one more? Sure. All right. Bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll put Larry Merchant on hold right then and there. We're gonna talk about the Mayweather interview and a couple other things. And was it a thing of work? That's what people think. People think it was it was set up. We'll talk to Larry about that in depth after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk. Live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel, channel of 211. Ring Talk returns after the break.
1: You got to have a mother for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Look at you.
7: iHeartRadio, an app so powerful. It holds 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. Thousands of the best live radio stations, custom stations, and stations created just for you. It's anywhere and it's everywhere. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com Just what do you think of him as a fighter, huh?
13: Well, his footwork's lousy, he can't count a punch. his timing stinks, and he doesn't breathe properly. But you'll like him as a person. Well, he has a nice smile.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs>
4: 40 minutes past hour, hour number one of two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline, of course coming to you live on Sports Line. We're not coming to you from these sports byline studios, though I'm coming to you from the from the confines of my apartment in South San Francisco, California. It's pretty i gotta say this. I used to do remote broadcasts all the time. They're a horror story because you can't look the producer in the eye, but they are what they are. Bottom line is, we're having a good time. Larry Mertz is on the line from Southern California. Of course, before we went to the break, Larry was talking about his encounter with Floyd Mayweather, the infamous encounter with Floyd Mayweather. Now, Larry, some people thought that was a, a piece of work, like like a wrestling type of thing. Can you can you explain that?
12: <laughs> well, it was so unusual, of course, um, but I'm not smart enough to have dreamed that up. <laughs> um, it was very spontaneous. Um, uh, it was a very uh, uh, a bad ending to the fight, controversial ending. All uh, fans saw was one fighter uh, hitting, hitting the other fighter who, who wasn't fighting and was looking away, and it was obviously a, a sucker punch, even if it was a legal sucker punch. Mm-hmm. And the fans were going crazy, and so that be- was the story of the fight and i i was questioning floyd about it and um he sensed immediately that he wasn't getting going to get the full credit for the win that he that he was hoping for and the the audience was really volatile and um and 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 i was asking him just some straight questions i wasn't uh, taking sides i just wanted to find out what what was going on and um he 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 jumped at me and made it personal um when he said well hbo should fire your ass so you don't know anything about boxing and blah 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 and at that point um i just spontaneously uh counterpunched with those infamous words and um as i walked out of the ring i I thought, well, that'll be no lower than the second paragraph of my obituary. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was uh, uh, one of those experiences that you have in a long career. And uh, there it was.
4: You know, one day at the top-ranked right gym in, in, in Las Vegas, I guess it was about 15, maybe almost 20 years ago, like 1998, somewhere around there, he says, um, this is the best boxing writer in the entire world there. He's pointing to me in the front row, I'm saying to myself, What, what what's gonna bring on these accolades? What's going on? So anyway, so yeah, okay. So anyway, I asked him a few questions, uh, no, I think about a few questions go back and forth, and I guess about twenty minutes into the conference I asked him a question. He says, Man, sit down, you don't know anything about boxing. So I said to him, Ten minutes ago I knew everything about boxing but that's Floyd Mayweather
12: Junior. Well he had that kind of contentious contentious relationship with with a a big part of the media because uh, the media was questioning him about why he wasn't fighting so-and-so and and -and such-and-such rather than fighting uh, uh, so many uh, uh, beatable opponents. And, uh, uh, he was staying away from certain fighters and wouldn't fight them until they got older. And if they were rough and tough guys who could walk through him, uh, or to him, uh, he wouldn't be happy about that. I was told not to even mention some fighters to, to, uh, Mayweather by one of his lawyers. And so, um, uh, he had that relationship, and I was the point man because I was on air live, and uh, that's how it unfolded.
4: You know, he's he's 43, and he's he was going to fight twice this year, but evidently the he had some deaths in the family. Of course, Roger Mayweather, the former two-division champion, passed away his brother a fortnight ago, and um, his ex-wife, who has a $13 million uh, lawsuit against him and was set to go to trial in a couple of months, Josie Harris, um, she died in, in the city of Angels. Did Is there anything in regards to her death that you know how she died, Larry?
12: Godfather um, um, found dead Anybody in a car. Um, I, I assume there was an autopsy, um, but I haven't heard anything uh, more about it. Um. Um. But- But but isn't it, that's, I think that's the best
4: news a boxing fan can ever get this year is that Mayweather's not going to fight. I just, that's the way I personally feel. I mean, he never, he never did. uh,
12: You're, you're ahead of me on that, Pedro, because I didn't realize he was that close to, to fighting again. And, um, um, if he wants to fight, he'll fight, you know, uh, he can be 45 and, um, He's a guy who's always stayed in reasonable shape. Was always in good shape when he when he fought, and um, had had such a, a pure professional boxing um, style that um, maybe it could uh, have some uh, value even at even at this late date in his career. When I say value, I mean. That he could find some opponent and uh, who's maybe even older than him.
4: (laughs) Yeah, or a a guy that's never boxed before. That was that was. We got to admit, Godfather, that was a hell of a smooth move. He made like all kinds of money fighting a guy that never boxed before.
12: You know, a lot of fighters going back many decades have tried various aspects of combat sports. to keep going, to make a few bucks. Uh, But nobody ever pulled anything off like he did. He made hundreds of millions of dollars, apparently. Mm
4: -hmm. You know, when I mention the name Ray Charles Leonard to you, what what comes to mind? What what, what pops out? Uh, You're talking about Ray Leonard or Ray Charles? Yeah. No, Ray Charles Leonard. That was Ray Leonard's middle name.
12: Charles. Huh. So, well, you see, I just, learned, I just learned something. I thought he was, uh, um, you know, one of the best fighters of his time or any time. He was a boxer uh, who could go to war. We saw that in the Tommy Hearns fight um, and was a complete pro um inside and outside of the ring.
4: You know, the 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 second fight with Tommy Hearns, I think it was in eighty June of eighty nine. Of course we were I was with him in training camp down there in uh, somewhere in West Palm Beach, Florida, uh before that. And you know, he he lost that fight and, and I think they called it a draw officially, but he lost that fight. So he I and he myself and Tommy were in I'm gonna say we're in New York City for something at, at, I think it was something related to the garden, and Ray and Tommy are standing there and there's tenseness in the air. And I said, Man, why is there always why is there always tenseness when you guys are around? Why don't you guys flow? And Ray says to him, You know, Tommy, that, that draw, you probably that was that was probably your evening. And that made Tommy feel good. Much like when, when Muhammad Ali told Ken Norton in front of me, that third fight, champ, you deserved it that night. I mean, Norton started crying. We were in Sacramento, California. He still Norton had such a chip on his shoulder, Godfather, over that fight that I was I was leading these three guys up to the stage uh, to do some presentation for some uh, some car dealership or something like that, and Norton's Norton's like still badgering Ali, still badgering
12: him. You know, and, you know and, and, and uh, was, look, I covered that fight, and I thought Ali won. Um, But because he was so close, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of people thought that, well, Ali was the more famous guy and uh, the guy who you couldn't take your eye off, and that's why he got the benefit of the doubt in some close rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it was a close fight. You know, uh, Norton had the style uh, that he could fight Ali. Because Ali was not a big, big puncher, and uh, Norton didn't deal good, well with big punchers, as you know. And um, you know, so it goes, so it went. Um,
4: but, but, but what I'm trying to say is that is that Ali didn't have to tell him that. You know what I'm saying? Because Ali really didn't feel that way. He just said that to try to to try to appease Ken Norton. I mean, that's. I thought that was like a little different you know because I because I talked to him later about that I said I said well, what are you, were you kissing Ken Norton's ass said, what's going on he goes I'm just trying to make peace with him man make him feel good
12: I, I mean, think that, that's- yeah look you know what um it's generous both of Ray Leonard with Hearns and Ali with Norton to say that to the opponent man to man um but they know that it ain't going to change anything <laughs> it's not going to change uh the 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 actual result. So uh uh but it, it's a nice thing for them to do uh, on a man to man basis and uh if it made Kent Norton feel well that's that's good. If it if it made Tommy Hearns feel good, hey great. But it didn't change yeah. the result. That that's
4: true. I remember Norton and I before that were in were in uh, Miami Beach when I was doing something down there with the Cubans and they wanted me to babysit Ken Norton, drive Ken Norton around for a day. Now, they paid me some decent money to do it, but all he did was whine and whine and whine about the Ali fights. He said he won all three of them. Anyway, I was so tired of Ken Norton, him moaning and bitching, that when he started on that day in Sacramento, I said to myself, do I want to jump in here and just tell him, hey, man, we don't need to hear this anymore, but Ali took care of that for me.
12: Yeah, well, that's, that's a nice thing. That's a, one of those behind-the-scenes scenes, scenes uh, that we don't often get to witness. And good for you that you you are the witness.
4: No doubt about that. I, I feel treasured with my memories, no doubt about that. Um, what are you going to do this week? I mean, you're locked in the house. What are you, you're watching a lot of TV. You're reading, uh, talking to people on the
12: phone. Uh, do you do, do FaceTime? All, all of the above. I've got a far-flung family, and I check um, in with friends. Uh, I had a long conversation with Dan Raphael uh, yesterday to see how he was doing, and personally, and what his family was going through. And um, I've called others, and, and, and I have a lot of family in Denver and uh, and in New York and in the East Coast. So I try to stay in touch with them, and um, and uh, I read a lot. Um, I have a book club that was scheduled for, uh, I think, April 6th or 8th, and, and uh, it had to be canceled, but now they're looking into uh, some ways of doing it on the media, on the social media. Um, I shop. I go, I make the rounds and see what's in the stores, and so so far, so good. Um and i go to the park to take walks and i come home and try to do some exercising and uh, you know which is sort of the stuff like the stuff i was doing before the virus to tell you the truth
4: exactly i mean my life hasn't changed a whole lot i mean i don't get to go to my metro sexual places and get my eyebrows done and things like that but outside of that Life is just about <laughs> the same. We hope, hope we ride this all out together. Kiss the guy, Mama, for me. We'll talk next week. I thank you so much for your time, sir. Have a good week, Pedro. The one, the only, the Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Larry Mercer, exclusively on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a sports byline production. You are hey. tuned to Ring Talk. Stay tuned. More after the break. Hey.
1: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. 877 That's eight seven
15: seven three six zero zero four zero two. products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
14: And if we cannot end now our differences, at least we can help make the world safe for diversity. For in the final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures. And we are all mortal.
3: I have heard all of my love band, and all of this circa 2008,
4: 2009, of course, it was a, a compilation album that the Tower put together of cover songs. It was pretty cool. They did some Marvin Gaye. They did Love Land. Of course, Love Land was a hot hit from 1966, 1966 to be exact. You are tuned to the longest-running fight show ring, this ah, Ring Talk Live, who are wide coming to you from the coronavirus studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Hour number two of Ring Talk upcoming. We'll spend some time with the great one. I'm talking about Ray Charles Landers, Sugar Ray Landers. What, what did Larry Mercer say? That he learned something when I said that? Ray Leonard's middle name was Charles. Of course, he was named after Ray Charles. I kid you not. Ray Charles Leonard, that was Sugar Ray Leonard's. uh, That's what it says on his birth certificate. Well, we'll spend some time with the Sugar Man, probably about 10 minutes from an interview I did in 1989. We were training together down in West Palm Beach, Florida. I remember he was running me into the ground. You know, I'd be kicking his ass for the first, or staying with him for the first two and a half miles, and then that that last half-mile sprint, Ray would just disappear, you guys. I mean, it was like, I was running against a gazelle or something or a cheetah. I kid you not. He just shoo, he just disappeared. And the truck, there was a truck that like was you know following us when we run. The truck would be like a mile in front, a like half a mile in front. of Ray would beat me like by a half a mile in the last half mile. Don't ask me why. He was just the fastest runner I've ever ever seen in my life, and I've run with a lot of guys. Ray was the guy. So we'll hear from Ray in depth. Ray Leonard unplugged. Hour number two, of course, as he approached the rematch with Tommy Hearns. But I'm not going to dwell too much on the rematch with Tommy Hearns. I'm going to ask him about life in general. Of course, life in general, what his boxing career was, uh, was like up to that point. You were tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This is Hour Number 1 of 2, live on Sports Byline. Please stay tuned for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming up, Hour Number 2, live on Sports Byline. iHeartRadio and Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Ring Talk Live Worldwide continues After the break...
16: Radio News with John Hunt. The Bernie Sanders campaign is now focusing its resources on fighting the coronavirus pandemic, and its supporters appear to be following suit. In the last 48 hours, the Sanders campaign says they've raised more than two million dollars from 50,000 donations for select charities. The charities that were selected by the Sanders campaign to help those suffering include Meals on Wheels, No Kid Hungry, Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, COVID-19 Emergency Relief Fund, One Fair. Wage and the National Domestic Workers Alliance. In addition to using his campaign to funnel money to charities, Sanders also released a $2 trillion proposal to fight the virus, which would include the U.S. government covering all medical bills accrued during this time period, speeding up testing, invoking emergency powers, and providing substantial unemployment insurance to those who lose their jobs as the result of the outbreak. This is USA Radio News.
10: Hi, I'm Wayne Allen Mr. Health, and I want all of my millions of fans to be healthy and live a long life so we can save America, American exceptional and capitalism. So, are you in front of a mirror? Did you know that in 1973 a Harvard doctor discovered the greatest single risk factor indicator for heart disease is a crease in one or both earlobes. Strauss Heart Drops has sold more than 1 million bottles over the past 40 years, helping countless people with cholesterol, diabetes, angina, and blocked or restricted blood flow. The best proven indicator of clogged arteries is the earlobe crease, nature's sign of trouble with plaque buildup. Do you have a crease in one or both earlobes? Heart attack and stroke are our number one killers. Women now suffer 50 91% one percent percent of heart attacks. Strauss Heart Drops don't interfere with any prescription drugs. Strauss Naturals guarantees your satisfaction, so you can't go wrong. It's the painless, natural, economical way to clear arteries, vessels, veins, and capillaries. And guess who has the crease in both ears? Yours truly. And guess who's now taking Strauss Heart Drops? Wayne Allen Root. Order Strauss Heart Drops at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Thepowermall.com.
16: A strong earthquake in Croatia caused the evacuation of hospitals and widespread damage, including to the capital's iconic cathedral, all amid a partial coronavirus lockdown. A 15-year-old was reported to be in critical condition and 16 others injured. The European agency EMSC said the earthquake measured 5.3 on the Richter scale and struck just north of the capital. Prime Minister Andrzej Plenkovic said the earthquake was the biggest in the area in the last 150 years. Hawaii's governor has instituted a mandatory 14-day self-quarantine for all people traveling to the state as part of efforts to fight the spread of coronavirus. It applies to all arrivals at Hawaii airports from the continental United States and international destinations to other private and commercial aircraft. With the majority of Hawaii's COVID-19 cases linked to travel, the governor said it's critical that we further mitigate the spread of the virus, both by residents and visitors who are coming in from out of state. This is US
1: That's 800-215-5141.
16: With outbreak-related layoffs expected to surge, at least two major retailers are hiring in a big way. Walmart, the nation's largest retailer, said it plans to hire over 150,000 hourly workers for its stores and distribution centers throughout the end of May as online orders surge with households stocking up. The jobs are temporary, but many will become permanent. Amazon this week said it would hire at least 100,000 new people across the U.S. to keep up with its crush of order hires. The Target Corporation said it will give a $2 an hour wage increase to its 300,000 plus workers who have been scrambling to help their customers. The pay bump will be effective at least through May 2nd. It's also begun offering workers who are pregnant, 65 and older, and who have underlying health risks access to paid leaves for up to 30 days. Television shows are now donating medical supplies to the real-life emergency personnel who need them in the fight against the coronavirus. The outbreak in the United States has led to a nationwide shortage of medical supplies and calls for donations of items necessary to treat patients. The television show Grey's Anatomy has stepped up to provide gloves and gowns while Station 19 is donating N95 masks to the City of Ontario Fire Department and a firehouse in Los Angeles. Thanks for listening as we continue to keep you updated on the coronavirus pandemic. For USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports, brought to you by the WBO,
12: the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me me tell you congratulations on your long time in radio. You are young team and for your ratings, man. I was reading about that. I'm very uh, impressed with you, Pedro.
2: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history,
17: I don't want to to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, so, to make people happy, and I, I just do my best. Pedro
2: Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job
4: done. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, 35, make that 36 plus years now. of being often imitated but never duplicated. We are a production of the Sports Byline Broadcasting. We come to you from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Of course, each and every Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. This is hour number two of our Sunday show. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My name is is Pedro Fernandez of course I've been doing this just a little while uh, bottom line is people say to me you know what do you do besides talk smack on the radio well you know I got a little bit of a boxing acumen in my background of course I was a four time golden glove champion started boxing in the late 1960s had some boys club fights and then I went into the Golden Gloves, and I was unsuccessful the first year around. But then again, I rolled off three in a row. ended up winning four out of six. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, I could fight just a little bit. So I think I know what I'm talking about. Couple that with the fact, of course, I've got a journalism background. I was an award-winning writer. In fact, my first year of being a professional writer in the world of boxing, they named me North American Boxing Writer. Your coincidence? Not really. Often imitated, but never duplicated. Straight up, in this hour of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, I bring you back in time. We'll spend some time with... The greatest. That's right. I'm talking about the man born Cassius Clay back in 1942, Muhammad Ali. In fact, we're going to delve into Muhammad Ali and some of the the funny lines, some of the quirks, some of the goofy stuff that he did over the years. And of course, then at 40 minutes past the hour, we'll be joined, of course, by Sugar Ray Leonard. Ray Charles Leonard. We'll talk with Ray Charles Leonard how he and I trained together back in 1989. Man, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's what, 30 years? Wow! Bottom line is you're tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline iHeartRadio Serious XM satellite Radio, the Dan Patrick Channel. This is Ring Talk. Stay tuned after the break.
11: One can
3: have a dream. Baby. Two can make a dream so real. One can talk about being in love. Two can say how it feels.
5: Isaac, you missed the winning dunk and cost your team the championship. What are your thoughts?
6: Well, I switched to Boost Mobile and got a super-fast network and four free Samsung Galaxy
7: A20 phones, so even when we lose, I still win. It was an easy, fast break, and no one was near you. You know what's fast? Boost Mobile's super-fast network. They're calling your shot the greatest miss in history. Boost Mobile's prices are never a miss. I even get four lines for $25 per line per month.
5: Oh, look at that. The fans are burning
6: your jersey. Yup, the fans get it. My Boost Mobile network is in fuego.
8: Switch to Boost Mobile and get four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones, all on our super-reliable, super-fast network. Step up with Boost Mobile. New customers only. Limited time offer while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation, one free device per line. Customers who use more than 35 gigabytes of data during a billing cycle will be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retail for full details.
9: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call.
7: more
2: of Ring Talk with Pedro
17: Fernandez. He is the greatest fighter of all times next to me.
4: Everybody knows that. I no don't need to repeat that, Muhammad. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Lots of things happening in the world of boxing. It's not... It's not happening in the ring. I mean, there's lots of guys posing, talking smack. I mean, bottom line is it looks like uh, Terrence Crawford, of course, is going to get his chance with Earl Spence. That's going to happen this year. And, of course, I wanted to fight Earl Spence. That's right. I was thinking about coming back and fighting Earl Spence. Why? Because Earl Spence is a guy, of course, got tossed out of that car. What was it, two, three months ago and four months, maybe four months ago when he got tossed out of that car at 95 miles an hour. He was lucky he didn't have the seatbelt on or he'd be dead. That car would look like a, a crushed aluminum can afterwards, but he spun this car out at 95 miles an hour. Of course, he had some injuries. They said it wasn't in, nothing serious, but then when you look at his eye, the fact that he had that bloodshot eye and that, that pupil was all his eye was bleeding. That's just what it was. I mean, his eye was bleeding. So there was some neurological damage done to him outside of just a couple of bruises. I mean, that doesn't need to, you don't have to be like a, a brain surgeon to figure that one out. Just look at the picture. Okay. And then of course he was booked later for, for a DUI and then they found out that he had a $10,000 handgun in his car. That's right. He had like a 9 millimeter or, or a 45 or something like that that was worth $10,000. I mean, what is, what, what, what kind of mindset do you have to be in? First of all, to buy a $10,000 handgun and then carry it around. Are you going to be a bad dude? Didn't he learn from, like, Vernon Forrest, a former WBC welterweight and super uh, welterweight champion, 147 and 154-pound champion? Of course, the guy that beat Shane Mosey not once but twice. Um, didn't he learn from him? I mean, so Vernon went chasing some guy and got shot to death a couple years ago. I mean, good Lord. What are people going to learn? Hey, but at the end of the day? He's alive. He's going to fight Terrence Crawford. As I said, I would be willing, if I was any, any welterweight in the world, female welterweight should be dying to come back and try to fight Earl Spence because we don't know what's going to happen once he gets cracked that first time. You just don't know. And he said, well, he's been training in the gym or he'll train in the gym. He'll do some sparring in the gym. Big difference between sparring in the gym, of course, and then getting cracked in a real, in a real fight with real leverage put on a blow with a small hand, with a, <clears throat> with a small glove. Uh, let's go to the UK, of course, uh, in a, a star sport column, Hall of Fame promoter, of course, Frank Warren says that his rival promoter, Eddie Hearn, is uh, trying to get his fighter, Dillian White, the WBC title trying to steal away from Tyson Fury. Of course, Tyson Fury has been in the uh, news this week for for meat-related issues. That's right. I mean, his diet. And, of course, a couple of years ago, he was uh, alleged that he had taken steroids. I believe the exact drug was not saying off the top of my head was Nandrolene, I believe. And uh, he, he, he and his brother, or a Huey Fury, the two of those guys, tested positive for these anabolic steroids. So what they said was they got it from the meat they were eating and then they got some farmer, now get this, the guy is a farmer, but he has wild boar on his farm. So they were, the uncastrated wild boar, that's what Tyson Fury said, that he got this meat from uncastrated wild boar and that the meat had steroids in it. So they got this farmer to say that he shot his pigs up with steroids, okay? So that sort of made the whole thing go away. But Tyson Fury and Huey, they didn't pay the dude off. I mean, when you bribe somebody, that's, that, was, that was lame on the on the farmer to begin with. You always get your money up front when you're, when you're running a bribe or you're running a con. they saying, don't get your money up front, man. This is what happens, okay? A couple years later, he never got paid, so he goes to the media. Frank Warren says he's lying. Frank Warren says, if, if, he, if is he lying now or was he lying a couple years ago when he said that the meat wasn't tainted the meat was tainted bottom line is at the end of the day Tyson Fury of course still the world heavyweight champion but now you can circle him in the world of steroids and and performance anti-drugs of course I call them Flintstone vitamins not a big guy in Flintstone vitamins in fact I think if you get caught with Flintstone vitamins you should get your ass kicked out of combat sports I just really do This is not golf. It's not badminton. It's not tennis. Okay. I mean, it's not swimming. Okay. Do you want to use drugs for those other sports? Okay. Go ahead and do it. It's not pro wrestling. Okay. Where it's, you know, choreographed and it's fake and this kind of good stuff. This is combat sports. This is where people are trying to hurt people. I mean, I couldn't imagine fighting Manny Pacquiao when he was on that stuff. And that's when I'm alleging. Of course, that Manny Pacquiao, the Filipino phenom, I'm currently the, a senator from the Philippines, soon to be the end time the president of the Philippines, no doubt about that, the current WBA welterweight champion, 41 years old. I gave him all kinds of props, but I think there for a while, he was taking, in my opinion, he was taking Cell vitamins because, you know, I mean, I used to watch guys. When I would fight guys, I would watch them go back to the corner, and I would watch them sit down, and I would, you would see me leaning to the right or leaning to the left trying to get around my trainer to see what the other guy looked like, and they were always wondering, because I want to see if he's tired. You know what I'm saying? Is he looking like an asthmatic or he's like emphysema or a COPD on the stool or something like that? That charged, that pumped me up. Anyway, bottom line is, at the end of the day, I thought Manny Pacquiao was taking stuff because he was recovering way too fast in the corner. He just was. He was fighting bigger guys, which is a, um, how can I put this? Size matters in two things. I told you this many, many times. Size matters only in two things. Combat sports and pornography. This isn't pornography, it's combat sports. And at the end of the day, size matters. The fact that Manny Pacquiao was able to move from 107 pounds, that's what he turned pro at, to fight at 150 plus pounds and win so-called fragmented titles uh, world titles, what can I say? I mean, he's a great fighter, there's no doubt about that, but I just think there was a little bit more to it than, uh, than most people think. Now, some people have, have sailed me and said that I'm trying to destroy a great man's reputation instead. I'm just saying, hey, he wasn't all that hip on testing. He didn't want to test. And of course, when, uh, when, uh, when it was pushed to the point where people were asking him about it, all of a sudden, Manny Pacquiao wasn't knocking people out anymore. All of a sudden, he was. All of a sudden, he wasn't knocking nobody down. All of a sudden, he was like just sort of, you know, winning fights by boxing. Speaking of boxing, who's he going to fight? I mean, he's talking about putting him together with Danny Garcia, maybe or Mikey Garcia. He's got one of the Garcias in his future. I'm talking about Mikey Garcia, of course, he once beaten lightweight champion, former lightweight champion, who refused to fight anybody at 140 pounds, and I think he left 135 pounds because this Silo Mencenko would eat him like. Like like a snack it would have been it would have been he would have been lunch me for Vizio Lomachenko. and he's a great great boxer there's no doubt about it but that's what I think Lomachenko is just a level above at 135 and 130 pounds now of course Lomachenko is going to take on the Phenom Tiafimo Lopez that's supposed to go down in May but that that fight's been canceled obviously or postponed or whatever however you want to put it but it's going to happen if boxing ever does get back to its uh back on its feet per say if the world ever seems to get back on its feet but Lopez, undefeated, phenom, 135 pounds. People say that he's got the chance against Lomachenko because Lomachenko's not a real lightweight. And people have said it before that, you know, Lomachenko probably peaked at 126, 130 pounds. In fact, he's often talked about going back to 130 pounds and I can't imagine a fighter in the entire world. I remember when I was moving up, like started, I think I started 80 pounds, 78 pounds was my first fight. But when I would move up in weight, I was never moving back down. Okay, I just never, except when I hit welterweight. I went to 147, fought a couple fights, uh, made it to the National Golden Golden, got lit up like a White House Christmas tree by Ernie Chavez. Ernie, if you're listening, I give you your props on that, man. I really do, because I didn't think that you could fight. I looked across the ring. I said to myself, this guy's big, but he's fat. He's pudgy. He's not going to be able to do much. And then mm, he took care of business, no doubt about that. You are too. to, hey, I admit things. It's not, I mean, I'm not afraid to admit things. I'm not. I mean, you know, I've had some great wins, and I've had some, some disappointing losses, and I think i 've learned more off the losses than I did off the wins and People say to me, "Why is that and because there's something there 's something a little extra humiliating or a extra extra um real about somebody beating you in, in an athletic contest make basically combat sports it's not like baseball it's not a team sport there's not eight other guys around there's not a manager this and that and, you know my trainer chris gomez god rest him god, god bless him uh, he's still alive living down there in modesto california but you know he didn't get in the ring with me it was me i mean it wasn't anybody else it was just me and i used to look around and say it was the loneliest spot in the world sometimes to be in that ring but you knew what you had to do and as long as you can impose your will on the other guy, I mean, that's what winning and boxing was all about. But there were nights when you didn't win. And, you know, as I said, I think I learned more from those losses. Ray Leonard told me one time he learned more from the first loss to um, the great Roberto Duran June 20th, 1980. Of course, that was the brawl in Montreal. He said he learned more from that fight than he did any fight in his entire career. Of course, a 15-round unanimous decision loss to Roberto Duran. Duran was possessed that day. I mean, if if Ray would have seen... The uh Roberto pacing back and forth before the fight, he would have realized the game is on this is for real stuff. Because Ray was thinking, you know, he's a little lightweight, he's smaller than me, I'm gonna go out there and, and beat him down. In fact, they should arrest me afterwards The domestic violence I'm gonna beat Roberto's grand up so much. But it didn't go that way. The second round, Durant Clifton with that left hook, from that point forward, Ray was on the defense, and of course, after 15 rounds, the world welterweight champion. Manos de Pietra. Hands of Stone, June twentieth, nineteen eighty. You're tuning Ring Talk live worldwide, baby.
6: We don't back down from nobody. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. We can take it in the street if you want to. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. for
0: America,
3: Pedro. Sports
4: about that. Let my boys harmonize just a little bit here. That's what I think the Tower of Power did best. Forget all the horns, baby. The harmony was incredible. You are tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You know, I was fortunate enough to spend a good portion of time, at least in my life, around Muhammad Ali. Beat it, fights, beat after fights, being being his bodyguard and executive protection for a couple of tours through China. Of course, spending time with him here in the United States, Miami, Florida, New York City, et cetera. Bottom line is, once you've been around Ali, you sort of realize that everybody else has sort of comes second. I'm serious. I mean, you know, I could have met Barack Obama and things like that, but it probably wasn't nearly as, nearly as exciting as meeting Muhammad Ali. It just wasn't. Bottom line is, I don't want to take you to church or anything like that, but Ali said some funny things and maybe some not so funny things over the years. Let's go to a clip here. We said some funny things
6: people are afraid of George Fulman they talk about how hard he hits the world has been deceived you listen to me now I've never told you wrong the man don't hit hard he knocked Joe Frazier down six times he got up six times Joe King Roman is tokyo japan fight the puerto rican champion knocked him down three times he jumped up three times he knocked ken norton down four times he jumped up four times when have you ever saw the man say seven eight nine ten count his man out when i hit Sonny Liston the second fight he stayed out for the count of ten Zora foley stayed out for the count of ten cleveland williams stayed out for the count of ten what few i have knocked out stayed down sugar a robinson knocked him out for the count of 30 Joe Lewis, Marciana, Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, Archie Moore, as a child, they knock him out cold. So this man has never knocked nobody out cold. He's a bully. He's slow. He has no skill, no footwork. He's awkward. And I have been giving him a name. I named Floyd Patterson the rabbit. I named Sonny Liston the bear. And he shall be known officially as the (laughs) mummy. The (laughs) mummy. And why? Why why the moment? Because he fights. When he's fighting, if you ever watch him in the ring, he, 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 he drags like that after his
3: opponent.
6: (laughs) (laughs) and how's a mummy going to catch me when you're fighting a mummy? You just keep a step ahead of the mummy. See? Yeah, move it. yeah just move on the mummy. No, mummy, I'm over here. No, mummy, I'm over here. Yeah, no, you moving too fast. The mummy don't move that fast.
17: Do you ever get frightened before a fight?
6: Do
4: you ever get nervous before a fight?
6: I'm nervous, but not frightened. I've been, I'm nervous uh, because I, I have a great insight on... I just don't see the audience. I, every camera... I see millions of people. Like the Fraser fight was watched by ten 1, hundred million people, which is five times the population of everybody in the United States. Just a picture arena with 1 million people. I imagine you couldn't see them all. And just think about 100 million and 1,100 million. And all those people and everything, that makes me nervous. Just the idea of me just being a humble fellow from Kentucky, got lucky in sports, and now here's the house. The fight was piped in a place like Thailand to the government house in Arabia, and the government officials took time off to watch the fight. and Just for two men boxing, attracting so many people of all races and nationalities in Hawaii, I understand, they, they stopped, closed all the factories and the people, they set televisions on every other street corner. People came out watching the fight on the streets and every bar in America, every every house, even traffic was still doing that fight. In Madison Square Garden, 10,000 people couldn't get in and just over one man, and just imagine all them people watching you. That makes me nervous until, until I get started.
12: And then no
13: nerves at all.
6: No. My, my thinking is so superior my knowledge is so positive and my logic is so wise until it clashes with the mentality, which is down here and I'm up there. So by me being so high, I can see more and see farther than you. And you're looking up at me saying,
3: Ali, don't do it. Don't do it. Ali,
6: please stop when it hurts. And you're on a job making 60 to 70 pounds a week, or whoever this guy is. Never, never been out of the country. Not known in his own neighborhood. Raleigh, don't do it. But I'm at such a high level. Until I don't think like you, I'm not like you. I'm not saying you. I mean the other person.
17: But I'm, you, but I'm you, not but, but you know why they say that? I mean, it's for the
6: because best possible they're,
4: reasons. Though.
6: They're fear and they're wary. Looks, looks dangerous to them. That's but it's right. It's not really that dangerous to me. No problem. This will be the biggest upset since Sonny Lester. and I think it is befitting that I go out of boxing just like I came in, defeating a big, bad monster that nobody could destroy. A hard punch. I'm the underdog. If he hits me, I'm in trouble, like the Sonny Liston fight. But I came back, and I shook the world, and I got Liston. Now, it's 10 years since Sonny Liston. I'm meeting another big, bad, strong monster, knockout artist that beats everybody. Sonny Liston knocked out Patterson twice, and I was supposed to fall but he didn't knock me out because he could hit hard but he couldn't find nothing to hit George Foreman knocked out Ken Norton knocked out Joe Frazier true, I didn't knock him out but I'm so fast and so hard hit I'm so scientific I'm a totally different man from Frazier Norton listen David, when I meet this man if you think the world was surprised when Nixon resigned wait till I whip Foreman behind ah! I'm telling you, David, I'm down to 215 pounds right now. I said it when 215. I'm fight weight already. I usually train six weeks for fight. I've trained four months for fight. I'm chopping trees. I've done something special. I've wrestled with an alligator. <laughs> I've tussled with <laughs> you. I believe a, you totally. I, have, I believe you completely. I have tussled with a whale. out of handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. Now you know I'm bad. Only last week I murdered a rock. Injured a stone, hospitalize a brick I'm so mean I make medicine sick Porn huh. You got one minute? <laughs> one minute, easy Porn goes like this People say, what's gonna happen? You meet Joe Frazier again Here's how the fight's gonna sound on the radio For those of who can't afford to buy the expensive theater seats <laughs> And the fight goes like this Dean Ali comes out to meet Frazier But Frazier starts to retreat If Frazier goes back an inch farther He'll wind up in a ringside seat Ali swings to the left. Ali swings to the right. Look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time. There, Ali lowers the boom. Now, Ali lands to the right. What a beautiful swing! And the punch lifts Frazier clean out of the ring. (laughs) Frazier's still rising. But the referee wears a frown, for he can't start counting until Fraser comes down.
3: <laughs>
6: now Fraser disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic, but our radar station self picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. <laughs> Who would have thought when they came to the fight that they would have witnessed the launching of a colored satellite? <laughs> Don't pay no attention to what they say about me. All I do is just do what I have to do and get paid, and that's it. But I don't really pay no attention to the rules of boxing. I don't pay no attention. I defy all the rules. I defy, I've defy. i added pages to the book of boxing. I have this game as such a thing now until boxing promoters can no longer afford my shows. I have governments like Iran ready to put up $10 million for me to fight Joe Frazier. I have governments like Cairo, Egypt, wanting to put up $6 million for people like Ron Lyle. I have countries all like uh, all back throughout Zaire, talking to Mabuto, he wants him back again. They'll put up five more million for return with Fulman. When we talk about ten million and six million and four million, this is unbelievable. And they don't expect to get the money back. They're promoting their countries and their ideals. So, I've excelled so in this sport of boxing until Madison Square Garden is too small. Yankee Stadium is too small. The Houston Astrodome, the biggest promoters in the wealthiest Americans and Englishmen you can get for promotions cannot just promote me no more you understand so i've not only added pages to boxing but added new sections to the boxing book everybody stop talking now attention i told you all of my critics i told you all that i was the greatest of all time i told you today i'm still the greatest of all time never again defeat me never again say that i'm going to be defeated never again that make me the underdog until I'm about 50 years old. Then you might get me. But I didn't dance, I didn't dance for a reason. I wanted to make him lose all his power. I kept telling him he had no punch. He couldn't hit. He's swinging like a sissy. He's missing. Let me see your box. I hadn't started dancing yet. You can't say my legs are gone. You can't say I was tired. Because what happened? I didn't dance from the second round on. I stayed on the ropes. When I stay on the ropes, you think I'm doing bad. But I want all boxers to put this on a page of boxers. Staying on the ropes is a beautiful thing with a heavyweight when you make him shoot his best shots and you know he's not hitting you. I would have gave George Solomon two rounds of steady punching because after that he was mine.
4: Let me bring you back to October 1st, 1980. Muhammad Ali is set to fight Larry Holmes the following day, of course, at Caesars Palace. It's called Ali and Holmes. Can Ali come back and win the championship for a third time? Bottom line is, we knew before the fight. A lot of people knew. Uh, I sort of... Anyway, the bottom line is, Ali wasn't ready for that fight. He was old. He was slow. His reflexes were gone. He was taking certain drugs like uh, for his thyroid when he didn't have a thyroid problem to lose weight. At the end of the day... People tried to beg Ali not to fight, but Ali wasn't going for it. He said he was going to fight no matter what, because too many people showed up. He got lit up like a White House Christmas tree, and of course, at the post-fight press conference, there I am crying in front of him. Basically, don't cry, I'm okay, man, I'll be fine, this net. That. But that was the first time we ever met in 1980. It was October 3rd, and I'll never forget. It. Of course, the time I get to spend with him absolutely priceless. He truly was the greatest of all time, and not just a boxer, the greatest human being of all time. You are tuned to ring talk. Live worldwide. These
2: are the arms that long to lock you inside every day and every night. Girl, and here is the soul of which you take taken control. Can't you see I'm trying to show
0: love is right? Oh here comes the decision now. Let's listen
7: I love iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Love it. Everywhere, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Everywhere, man. 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio.
14: Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow,
7: Sarasota, Wins-
5: create my own radio
7: stations radio, radio. millions of songs thousands of stations one free app iHeartRadio radio is that easy download the app today or listen online at iheartradio.com now more of ring talk with pedro fernandez
18: dave's not here
4: the least based soul here baby Talk about the band, East Bay Soul. Of course, Greg Adams, graduate of Westmore High School in Daly City, California, class of 1968. Listen, when he when he was playing trumpet at Westmore, he was like a guy. I kid you not. So they invited him to the Joliet School of Music. He turned it down. He joined Tower of Power. Of course, he spent like almost 30 years with that band. Of course, one of the founding members. And of course, now he's got East Bay Soul. Check him out. They uh, tour regularly. EastbaySoul.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, you're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA let's go back in time let's go back to 1989 sugar ray leonard and tommy hearns are about to fight in about a month maybe five weeks away We're five weeks away from the fight so that puts us somewhere in early may of 1989 of course we're in west palm beach florida at the pga sheridan resort i mean it was a place where i had my own jacuzzi in the bed bedroom i mean right next to the bed i kid you not it was a wonderful place had a great time ray maybe looked like a fool running but outside of that Ray and I sat down and talked about boxing. Here's Ray Leonard. Unplugged. Ray,
17: 19 years boxing now, an Olympic gold medalist, five world titles. What more is there for you to attain? Well, Pedro, Joe, um, for me, I just like to do what I want to
18: do. You know, for me, boxing has been such a uh, an integral part of my life, opening doors, creating better avenues for me and other people. And um, as long as I still can do it, you know, I say, why not? Um, I don't complain about getting up in the mornings to do road work. You've, you've ran with me a number of times, and I enjoy the competition. This is a part of my life and sport as long as I can do it.
17: You're 33 years old, but because of your layoff, and you were, in, you were off for a couple years, how old is Ray Leonard's body physically?
18: Well, you know, I never put an age on my body because I think once I do that, I, I limited myself to uh, the duration of time I have left in the ring. Uh, I put no relevance to how old I am. I think it's just a matter of how I feel. I think it's a matter of what I exhibit in the ring and outside the ring that pretty much uh, equates my age. The hunger is still there? The hunger is always there. People fail to realize that I love to win. I love the challenge. I thrive on winning. I thrive on victory. And uh, if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be in here working out as hard as I do. I wouldn't be taking my body through rigorous workouts, training, road work, uh dealing with the media of uh, the uh scrutiny of, of, of exploitation. I wouldn't deal with that.
17: If little Ray or Bobo you've got two two boys now, Ray little Ray is not little anymore. He wears your clothes or you wear his? Well I wear his well you know to be honest with you uh
18: I don't wear his clothes anymore. I think he's a large I'm still a medium.
17: <laughs> okay. What if little Ray or Bobo wanted a box? Would you approve of that?
18: You know that that's a very interesting question. If he really wanted to, but I also would make him realize the comparison would be too much. You're talking about peer pressure for young people. That's an enormous amount of pressure because of the comparison to his old man. I wouldn't want to see that happen. And thank God, Little Ray has his own mind. He's most—he's more musically inclined. He loves athletics. He, he also wants to play basketball and uh, football. What about Bobo? He's quite a character. If anything, Bobo, Jarrell, I don't know. He's very precocious. I think he has... Uh, the ambition and the talent to be a politician.
17: <laughs> Ray, if either of them had a re- had repaired retina, had a de- damaged retina, had it repaired, how would you feel about letting the box again?
18: You know, Pedro, that is too hypothetical to even say, because, you know, being a parent, na- naturally you fear uh, the risk factor. But I think for, in order for my son to be happy, he has to do what he wants to do, if it's productive. You know, people say, well, Ray, it's inexplicable that you returned to the ring. You suffered an injury, a very serious injury. But I think we must appreciate medical technology, the the advancement, arthroscopic surgery. You have a lot of people, a lot of athletes that suffer the same injury, football, baseball, uh, soccer, every type of physical contact sport. But because of who I am, because of the individualism of my particular sport, I am pretty much singled
17: out. You told me before that you're an amateur ophthalmologist. I
18: think I am because from personal experience, uh, personal evaluation, I think being a spokesman, I think I've been able to uh, understand the, uh, the anatomy of uh, retinal surgery.
17: <laughs> in your own words, you've created your own destiny you've, uh, through free agency. How did that start?
18: Well, I've watched great fighters in the past without naming them. And I've always said, you know, what happens afterwards, because I've always hated the term "boy," although a lot of people don't mean it the way they say it. But it, I think it's the tone of voice that you use. Or oh, my fighter, and, you know, and my fighter is boxing terminology of saying, you know, I represent this young man. But sometimes I have problems saying, "That's my fighter," you know, that's who I represent. And I never wanted to want to say, "That's my fighter," because I'm no one fighter but my own. Is Andrew Maynard your fighter? Andrew Andrew Maynard is my client. He, he is my uh, protege. Uh, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to, to stumble and say, my fighter, but I think it's what's from the heart that people are able to uh, perceive what you really mean.
17: Okay, Maynard's an Olympic gold medalist. You've got another kid down here, a Canadian, named Dan Sherry. He's looking pretty promising.
18: Well, Dan Sherry, you know, uh, he's a young man that I also have high hopes. And there are people that say, well, these guys are just ordinary fighters. Well, with the exception of Andrew, because of his uh, Olympic exposure. But one thing about it, if anything, I prefer to have a young man that is self-motivated, uh, that has self-discipline, that's productive, that's clean-cut, as opposed to having a guy that's world-beater, because those, the guys that I
17: have are very decent young men. You've easily almost made $100 million in the ring. Where will it stop? You're taking it one fight at a time, am I right? One fight at a time. You hit it right
18: on the head. One fight at a time. You know, people say, well, Ray don't know when he quit. His ego and his, his arrogance and this and that makes him continue that's right that's what makes me who i am because if if you didn't have confidence in yourself you can't make it in this world be along. let it be business or, or athletics you got to have some type of confidence
17: okay, let's talk about the rematch with the hitman from detroit thomas hearns we're about a week away now how do you feel about this fight this is the first time that you've fought in the guy again that you've already beaten I feel great. You know, I've been working on a, a variation of, of styles with variation
18: of, uh, of opponents and challengers. I hate call them sparring partners sometimes, but uh, the young men that I work with are fast and I think this, I feel this way rather, that, that they are so tenacious in, in so many rounds that if I can contend with them, I can contend with anybody. I'm looking forward to a big fight with Tommy Hearns. I am prepared for whatever he should do. I've worked on balance. i worked on peripheral vision. I've worked on counter punching, i worked on strong punches, body shots. You know, the other day, I, all body shots. One day, I work on defense, offense. I'm, where, I'm ready for whatever he should do.
17: Yeah, I watched you the other day. In case, when Hearns gets hurt, he has a habit of grabbing. I mean, like he, like Hulk Hogan, headlocks, hammer locks, the works. I watched you physically push your sparring partners off. I mean, physically, you were rough.
18: Well, that would be the case, too, because I've watched him with James Kitchen and the, the way he grabbed Kitchen. I'm, if anything, you know... Tommy Heron's held on for dear life. It was ugly, but it was survival. But I'm ready for whatever he should do.
17: Okay, Tommy says that you're shot. He says that you're you say that he's shot. He says that you're shot. Is the biggest fight in the history of boxing a, a battle between two shot warriors? I
18: don't necessarily feel that I'm shot. Um, and I don't, I don't particularly agree that Tommy's shot. I think Tommy's had some problems in the past and in his previous performances. But total shot, no. He still wins. He's perseverance.
17: So how does Ray Landon see the fight? June 12th, the bell's about to ring, Ray.
18: It depends on how Tommy approaches the fight. You know, um, speculation that he's going to try to box me, he can't do that. I don't care how much he rides a bicycle. Uh, as far as trying to knock him out with one punch, I've been hit by a light heavyweight. You know, so the punch is not a factor. If anything, if this—if you had asked me this question three and a half months ago, and I wasn't training, then I have a problem. I don't have a problem with Tommy Heron's.
17: You told me that to tell Tom, I quoted you in Flash Magazine, is knocking me out is not a reality.
18: It's not a reality. You know, Tommy Hearns, he, he's living this, uh, this world that he's still the hit man. He should get away from that nickname. That nickname doesn't fit anymore.
17: The last couple of fights, he's resembled the hurt man.
18: Well, he's been more so on the receiving end of the, uh, the pitcher now.
17: So if anything, I'm, coming, I'm going there to win. I don't care what happens, I'm going there to win. Okay, Ray, let's, let's talk about you. Who's your, who's your arch enemy, Roberto Duran? He's still around. He's not my arch enemy. You know, he's not... Uh, uh, Ray, you haven't talked to Duran lately.
18: <laughs> to be honest with you, I hate this. <laughs> I can't say it on television. No, no, I don't mean... We all, we have verbal conf- confrontations, and we say things about each other. I think that's, a, that's the nature of the sport. But there is no direct animosity towards Duran. I respect Duran from what he's achieved in boxing because naturally he's contributed to the sport of boxing and he's brought more attention. Uh, if anything, if we should meet, the best man is going to win.
17: Did he cheat you out of your just desserts when he quit on you in the eighth round?
18: I don't think he cheated me out of anything. I don't know why people feel that way. If anything, he cheated himself out of being claimed the greatest.
17: Okay. Duran, Leonard, Nunn. I mean, there's a chance you're going to fight all these guys. First of all, let's talk about Michael Nunn. We had that confrontation that Pedro instigated in Las Vegas when we were out there on the floor. And I said, I said you came off tonight, you were perceived on HBO as as being fearful of Michael Nunn. Let's get the record straight. Are you scared of Michael Nunn?
18: When you asked me, Pedro, I was on the dance floor at Botany's. I was dancing. I didn't think about Michael Nunn. But if anything, I think Michael Nunn is really a great great fighter. Uh, and a, and a great champ, he represents the championship very well. He's not a great fighter yet. That's too premature, because let's tell you how people feel. All of a sudden now, Michael Nunn was a guy that couldn't pack a punch, a guy that was a boring fighter. All of a sudden now, he knocks out Bay. He did the greatest thing since Mom's apple pie. I mean, they should really stick to what they're saying. Before I became great, or if, I, if they consider me great, I had to beat Hearns, Duran, Hagler. I don't believe in greatness. There was only a few great fighters. There was Ollie, Sugar Ray Robinson, Joe Lewis, and
17: Rocky Marciano. Okay. Any closing comments? I can't wait to June 12th. Good enough, sir. Good luck to you. Thank you, Pedro. You going to run tomorrow? Are we run- you going to run tomorrow morning? Yeah, <laughs> 5.30. I'm leaving tomorrow at 10. I'll run with you tomorrow morning. Okay, babe. Okay. Sugar Ray Leonard.
4: You know, he just loved dogging me. You heard that, right? You're gonna to run tomorrow Pedro. you're gonna to run tomorrow, I said a couple things gonna to run tomorrow But Just love dogging me, man. That last half mile was just like humiliating. I'm serious. Like running against the cheetah, sugar Ray Leonard, Ray Charles Leonard and myself unplugged uh May of nineteen eighty nine, PGA, Sheridan Resort in West Palm Beach, Florida. Now, some news in the world of combat sports, the world of mixed martial arts, MMA, cage fighting, call it what you want, but these people in England, they're not getting the message. Somebody didn't give them the memo, man. What I'm talking about is the Cage Warriors Fighting Championships. They held a card last night, CW one hundred thirteen at the Manchester B E C Arena. I kid you not. In the main event, uh Darren Stewart eleven and five and Barbos, Barbinski fifty and three clashing the middleweight by 170 pounds. Now, why are these guys fighting? I mean, why are they fighting in front of people? Why are people going to arenas? What's going on here? Well, oh, come on, man. I mean, holy cow. I understand that some of the people in this country are stupid because they listen to that to the, uh, the the great leader that we have here, of course, telling us it was a hoax, it was a hoax, it was a hoax, it was a hoax. You heard him saying it, him and that clown Hannity, it was a hoax, it was a hoax. Now it's the greatest epidemic of all time. Mark my words, this will be going on as the greatest epidemic of all time, or the pandemic, why? Because we weren't prepared for it. South Korea prepared for it. Read it up, South Korea prepared for this, Italy didn't prepare for it. We're gonna look just like Italy, and if Italy is suffering 500 people dying a day, figure it out this way. They have 60 million people, we have 350 million people. So multiply that by six, we're probably looking at at the peak of this thing, uh, just from a numbers point of view, three to 4,000 people dying a day. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look in the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we come to each every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, it's a one-hour show, live on Sports Byline. Of course, iHeartRadio and Sirius XM, Radio, the Dan Patrick channel, channel 211. That airs at 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturday, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Sunday edition. Of course, you're tuned to the Sunday edition right now. It's a two-hour edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming to you from the Sports Byline studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Of course, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 36 plus years in our radio presence. Why don't they put me in the Guinness Book of Records? Yeah, they were talking about They should. I should be in the Guinness Book of World Records thinking about it. So just patting my own stuff on the back here. You were tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, baby, on Sports Byline.
1: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. We are the Debt Destroyer Network. Any debt you have, credit card, tax, student loan debt. Call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. 877-360-0402 That's
15: 877 the The products they offer, increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
14: And if we cannot end now our differences, at least we can help make the world safe for diversity. For in the final analysis, our most basic common link is that we all inhabit this small planet. We all breathe the same air. We all cherish our children's futures. And we are all mortal. Now, more of
4: Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Tyson Fury, according to a report in the uh, UK Sun, WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, has agreed to pay his former promoter 1.5 million pounds, that's not dollars, pounds, the settle breach of contract uh, lawsuit that was, of course, launched by Mick Hennessy. Of course, this took place like in 2015, I think he was 31 years. He's 31 years old now. But the bottom line is he made his debut on a Hennessy card, and of course he's short of Hennessy. What with somebody else? At the end of the day, 1.5 million bucks, 1.5 million pounds was probably a good way for Tyson Fury to get out of this because I thought he was looking at a whole lot more money than that. Bottom line is the fight everybody wants to see in the heavyweight division. Of course, the two guys from Europe, the WBC champion, talking about Tyson Fury, the linear champion, Tyson Fury, the recognized world champion, Tyson Fury, and the IBF, WBO, WBA, and IBOW uh titles. All those titles are held by Anthony Joshua. The bottom line is those two guys don't get along, so they gotta get it on. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA. Don't forget Saturday and Sunday is eleven AM Pacific. I'm live on Sports Byline. You can always uh catch the show delayed. They usually put the show up like on Monday at iHeartRadio. So just go to iHeartRadio, search for the Ring Talk Archives and you can pull up any show like for the last eight, nine, ten weeks. I kid you not, they're all there. The Ring Talk Archives are at iheartradio.com. I want to thank my wonderful producer. Well, he's not wonderful, but he does his job. Talk about the great Scott Cuddy, and of course, you for listening to this show. Without you guys, you know, you could be doing a million things right now, a billion things, especially right now in these times of, of uncertainty. Okay, but the fact that you listen to Ring Talk live worldwide, either live or delayed. Well, my name is Pedro Fernandez, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Bottom line is, I hope that you take the safety precaution that you need in these unsettling times. So the bottom line is, we don't know what's in the future. Until next time, much peace, much respect, and don't forget, Ring Talk Live Worldwide coming to you Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.